Thank you so much, Anissa. It is a uh, fun morning to be across view. These are the uh, Sundays that just you look forward to. You see the coming generation and what God is doing in their lives. And one little piece we want to invite you to be a part of in your bulletin is a little prayer card. And if you didn't get a bulletin or didn't get a prayer card, there's some up here that you can grab during communion. But we want to invite you to write a prayer for a student, for a child, um, or generally just um, for the coming generations. Write that down. And during communion, when we come up for communion, drop that in the basket. And we're going to take those cards and put them on the wall outside the next gen office because we want our students to know that we are in this with you. We, we passionately want every child that grows up here at Crossview to meet a loving God and be in relationship with that God. Amen. Matthew 3, we have about 10 minutes. Uh, there's a lot going on, so we're going to fly through it. Actually, I want to just take three words. And uh, this is for all of us, but on some level, this is sort of for our confirmation kids, is to take three words and uh, think about how they point us towards, and just as John did here in Matthew chapter 3, that it is all about Jesus Christ at the end of the day. Um, that is what the gospel is about, that's what we're about, that's what we're about with our kids, and that's the story that is going on here. Three words, repent in verse 2, prepare in verse 3, and then we're going to jump down to verse 15 and look at that idea of baptism. The first word is this idea of repent, that John is announcing this message, which is interesting, by the way, these are the very first words that Jesus uses in Mark chapter 1, this idea of repent, the kingdom of Heaven, the kingdom of God, is at hand or it's near. It's intriguing. In the translation we read up here, it says repent of your sins. In the Greek, it's actually just repent. The idea of repent. The word repent means this. It means to turn around or to change your mind about things. It means to turn around or change your mind about things. You see, in the first century in Israel, they were wanting a Messiah, a deliverer, a new king to come and make things right. They were under Roman rule. They didn't have their land. It wasn't how things were supposed to be. So they were looking for somebody to come and deliver, to come and make things right. And they tried it in numerous different ways. The Pharisees figured that the Messiah would come when everybody became holy enough. So they said, obey all 600 plus laws, and when we do that perfectly, then the Messiah will come. The Sadducees said, hey, we're living under Roman rule. Let's just try and make do. And then you had a group called the Zealots. The Zealots said, well, if we're going to get the Messiah to come and make things right and deliver us from oppression, then we've got to fight. Take up the sword. Let's go to it. And then you had the Essenes, and the Essenes, their idea of how to bring in the Messiah was just to retreat. The world, it's going bad. There's nothing we can do about it. This group actually went down and lived around the, uh, the Dead Sea and just said, we, we can't do anything about it. Then you had your normal, run-of-the-mill people like most of us, Mary and Joseph types, who were just trying to make do. And it's in the midst of all of this that John and Jesus announced this message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the invitation is simply this, change your mind, turn the other way about how you are doing life, how you think God works, and turn towards, re, put your trust and hope in this idea that God's ways and what God is about is actually the right way. And that's the invitation. And it's the invitation for us to, today, it's the invitation for our students that any worldview out there that we tend to buy into, whether it's the kingdom of money, the kingdom of power, the kingdom of sex, the kingdom of success, whatever, you could put your whole list 
that we tend to buy into, that we tend to submit to, that we tend to trust, the invitation here in chapter 3 of Matthew is to submit and put your trust in Jesus Christ and who he is and what his ways, what his kingdom is all about. Again and again and again, that's the invitation in the Gospels. Which brings us to this second word. That's, that's the core message of what Jesus is about. The second word is this word prepare that you see in verse 3. John is preparing the way. Quotes a text from the Old Testament. The word prepare is this Greek word etoimazo. It means to make ready, to prepare, to do all the necessary preparations to get something ready. In the first century this word was often used as a group of people would go before a king on his journey and they would literally make the roads ready. They would smooth them out and make it so a king could pass through. And that's what John is saying he's doing for Jesus. I am preparing a road so that Jesus can come in, usher his kingdom, make things right again. And I think for all of us, and especially our students, that this is your invitation your invitation at school tomorrow, at work tomorrow, in your neighborhood, whatever you do is to live life in such a way that you are preparing the way for people to interact with a loving God. Whatever you do, pointing people towards Christ, bringing justice, the idea is that we're preparing a way so that God can interact with anybody that we come in, in, in contact with. It's a beautiful thing. And then the last one is this. The word baptism. So Jesus comes to John and says, I want to be baptized. John tries and put, sort of pushes it off. But the, the message is, is clear here that Jesus says in verse 15, it should be done to carry out all that God requires. That Jesus is coming in and saying, I submit to the way that our religious system is. These moments that we're supposed to interact with so that we can interact with God and meet God. That's essentially what, what Jesus is doing here in John in the baptism. And I think this connects so beautifully to what we're doing this morning. That Jesus, as a faithful, first century Jewish person, did these things that were required of him. And we, with our students, do the same thing. We have mile markers, marking moments along the way of their faith journey that hopefully remind them and again and again form who God is, who God wants to be, who God is making them to be in their lives. It's so important, whether it's baptism, first communion, third grade Bible, the list goes on and on, that at these moments we stop and we just say, what is God doing in our lives? What is God wanting to do in my life? Libby and Mike and I had the privilege of each meeting with about 10 of our confirmation students. And uh, it was such a holy time. But the, the cool part was we started by saying this. What have you learned in the last year? So they had to think about what God is doing in their life. What are they sort of naming in this last year of walking one-on-one -on -one with a mentor? It's an absolutely beautiful way that Mike has a confirmation set up here. But they walk all year with one person, getting into the Word, talking about their life. And it was intriguing the different things that they said that they learned that God was doing. Second question was, what are you wrestling with? What are you wrestling with? And it hit me that I think there's something about these mile markers, these marking moments, that it's healthy for us as a community. It's healthy for our students to say, none of us have it figured out, right? Can I get an amen? We are all on the journey of faith together. 
And things like confirmation remind us that we come alongside one another in the journey of faith so that we can say to our students, we can say to each other, there is Jesus Christ. There's the one who came and died and rose again. And we're pointing you towards Jesus again and again and again and again. And that's what we celebrate this morning is that God is again and again and again doing something in their life and we as a community come alongside him. Father, in these marking moments, God, we, we do not worship confirmation. We don't worship third grade Bibles. We worship you. And it's in these moments that we are reminded that you are alive and you are at work. So do that good work in our lives in the lives of our kids and students. In your name, amen. amen. At this time, I invite any of our confirmation students and their mentors to come forward and can spread out along the front here. Um, as Brad was talking about, these students have been on a journey, some of them for actually two years even, uh, doing the confirmation path. And uh, it's been a real blessing to see these students grow over this time. And uh, really what's been happening is as a... Over this last year, these students and these adults have been meeting together one-on-one, -on -one, some of them Friday morning before school, other the, others have been late night on a Tuesday after work and after school and sports, and sitting down together and talking about faith, talking about the building blocks of our faith and what does it mean for us to live this out and what does it look like uh, to wrestle with these deep questions. And so it's been great to hear from these mentors and to watch them journey together with them. And so today we rejoice because our youth are on the same journey as us, the journey of following Jesus as best as we can. And now they find themselves at this marking moment, standing before us, ready to declare to us that Jesus is their Savior and Lord, and they love him and want to follow him as best as they can. So to our mentors, I thank you guys for caring for our students. I thank you for the early mornings and the late nights and the phone conversations and sitting at, at Perkins eating pie, which I'm sure wasn't a problem for you, but um, being able to be there for our students and for the fact that you love Jesus and you love these kids and you are willing to do this year with them. But most of all, I thank you uh, because your commitment to faith is now being passed down to the next generation. And I hope that you are as blessed as I am to see these wonderful students standing in front of us this morning. So students, as your pastor, it is my prayer that uh, these affirmations of faith that we are about to declare provide the final building block to the commitment of your life with Jesus as, as your Savior and Lord. So answering only for yourself, yet I give you the freedom to be silent if you are not yet ready to answer, I now call upon you to respond to the following questions with the words, I do. Do you confess personal faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and desire with God's help to be his disciple? Do you believe with the church that the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, are the word of God, telling us God's story that continues to guide God's people today? And as you continue in your faith, do you commit to worshiping Christ with his church, listening to his word, and responding to his call in your life? So to the congregation, you are witnesses to this declaration. For, uh, for infant baptisms and dedications here at Crossview, uh, we declare as a congregation that we will do our best to uh, support and encourage the children and grown up in their faith. 
And uh, today I ask that we renew that declaration as their journey is about to begin. So I call upon you to respond to the following question by responding, we will. Will you continue to keep your promise made so many years ago to do your best in supporting these youth in the faith and encouraging them in upholding the affirmations they declared this morning? Amen. Let's move into a time of prayer. I ask you once again to extend a handout to the students' mentors. You can put your hand on your student's shoulder, and then Pastor Brad will be praying for us. Father, this is a beautiful picture in front of us. Um, these students and the mentors who've walked with them. Um, but we also realize, God, this is not the end of the journey. That you're the one who has begun a good work and will continue to do the good work in each one of these students. So, God, we pray for a continuing, vibrant faith in you. A faith that forms more and more of your love and your grace in them. Do that good work. To the glory of your name and the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.